I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. my fellow mourners of diet culture, it is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to RIP Diets, episode 17. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I realized that I had had several listener questions in my DMs and in my email that I haven't been able to address on the show because there is only so much time that I have to answer all the questions. And it's a little hard to respond to everyone individually as well. So I am taking this episode as an opportunity to answer some listener questions that I have in my DMs. If you want to write to me, you can DM me at Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N on Instagram. And even if you don't have a question, honestly, just hit me up. Tell me what you think of the show. I absolutely love hearing from you guys. It lifts my spirits so much. I cannot even tell you. Or you can email me as well at ripdiets at gmail.com if you're more comfortable with uh, email or don't have social needs. There you go. And by the way, before I dive into the mailbag, please, guys, join the private Facebook group. It is RIP Dieters. If you go into the search bar, search RIP Dieters, request to be added, you're in. There's no screening process. I'm not going to do a background check. I'm not going to do a credit report. Nothing like that. So um, all that I ask is that you keep it a safe space and don't bring diet culture into this sacred group that I've created. But we can talk about, you know, how we're struggling. We can talk about diet culture in an intelligent way, but just don't body shame anyone. And you all know how to behave. I don't need to tell you guys. You're all very intelligent and capable human beings. So let's get into it. First of all, before I say anything else, I want to give a shout out to Tanya, my friend from middle school, high school, like eighth grade, ninth grade. Tanya and I went to school together and she's from Germany. She lived in New York with her grandparents for a couple years and then she moved back to Germany. We kind of kept in touch over the years, but kind of lost touch. Anyway, she slid into my DMs over the weekend. Tanya, if you're listening, it just warmed my heart so much to hear from you and to know that you've been listening to the podcast. And she told me a tidbit of information not diet culture related, but still fascinating to me that I thought I would share with you guys. So a few episodes ago, I was talking about the show Jersey Shore. um, And I was talking about how the situation would refer to girls as grenades who were either unattractive or girls that he would need to keep their company so that his friends could get with their, quote, hotter friends. Um, And he calls them grenades. And I was talking about this on the show. My girl Tanya DMs me, and she tells me that in German slang, the term grenade actually 
is a positive thing to say about a woman. It means she's good in bed, like she's a grenade, she's a sex bomb. Um, And I just found that so funny. And I found it so funny, the thought that somebody not from this country might watch that show and completely misinterpret what the situation was saying. And I kind of want to adopt the term grenade in a positive way. I want to take it back. I am a grenade in the sack, you guys. and I'm going to own it. Now on to the listener questions. A couple of these ladies, I feel okay saying their name because I recognize them from the Facebook group. But in the future, um, it would be helpful if you guys let me know if you want to be kept anonymous. And of course, I am happy to keep you anonymous. This first message is from this rad chick, Delta. I don't know if that's your real first name, but if it is, slay. Go off, queen. Love the name Delta. Um, I hope you were conceived on an airplane because that would be fucking fantastic. She wrote in about last week's episode, and I thought it was um, an interesting tidbit of information. So she says, your last RIP episode really got me thinking about why I was not eating meat. I stopped eating meat shortly into the core after watching the lady eating the bat video on YouTube. I do not know this video, side note. I quit meat originally to not be a hypocrite for being disgusted with eating bats while I'm eating cows and pigs. But maybe subconsciously, it was also a restriction for control in a time of chaos. I tend to go through stints of giving up coffee, sugar, now meat. Your podcast is opening my eyes to what restrictions really are and what they do to you. I'm unlearning and learning a lot with your podcast, and I thank you so much. Thank you so much for that message. And I'm happy that it resonated with you. Me talking about my history being vegetarian and how it kind of carried over into my eating disorder. I will say I absolutely do not think this is a universal rule. And I myself have struggled a lot with the idea of um, of eating animals. And, you know, the more that I learn about the way that meat is farmed and processed and the way that animals are kept in pretty inhumane conditions throughout their lives and and raised to be slaughtered, it, it makes me feel awful. And that was coming from a very real place. And I completely respect that if that is your choice to not eat meat. But I think the overarching idea is to really zero in on why we do certain things that we do, not to just completely assume, oh, okay, people say meat's bad for you, or people say uh, sugar's bad for you, or people say dairy causes stomach issues. Sometimes we hear things and we internalize them and without even knowing it, they become our beliefs. And we really don't know too much about it. And we might not be considering if that's the best thing for our mental health. And I think it's important to value and prioritize your mental health just as much, if not more, than your physical health and your moral compass, so to speak. So I'm happy that that made you think. And whether or not you choose to eat meat in the future is entirely up to you. But I'm happy that you're examining that and that I could play a small part in that. Okay, my next question is from Elizabeth. She says, 
What motivated me to slide into your DMs today is this toxic ass shit that my gym had in their story today. So she sends me the story. It expired, so I can't look at it right now. But it was something like, you know, shed the pounds, work off X. You know, it, it was it was classic to me, classic gym language that is supposed to motivate you to either buy a membership or attend classes at the gym. But yes, they were very much rooted in diet culture and very problematic. She continues, I love the type of workouts that my gym does and the trainers there seriously kept my sanity March through May by posting virtual workouts that you can do at home. But my God, there's so much diet culture in that post. I haven't been going into the gym since March, but I have paid my membership because I worked the whole time. It was already in my budget and I wanted to help them stay afloat. Very conscientious of you. My actual question is, what do you think is a good way to address this? Is there a way? It's so frustrating and toxic for them to promote this shit. So my answer, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but my answer is there is no good way to address this, at least not to address it with the gym. Because gyms and the fitness industry as a whole relies very much on diet culture to sell their product. So you filing a complaint that, oh, this post or your posts in general contain a lot of toxic diet culture terminology in them, they're really not going to take you seriously. I really wouldn't waste my time. The best thing that you can do, in my opinion, is to mute them whether it is to mute their stories or posts or both. Um, And you can still attend the gym. I've been very vocal on this show. I love going to the gym. I love weightlifting. It's very much a part of my routine. But I don't pay attention so much to the way that the gyms promote themselves because I know that it's toxic. And I, 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 I go back and forth with it a lot. Like, should I be supporting a business that uses the very type of messaging that I protest against and I speak out against on the regular. But honestly, if you were to avoid every business or every person that supports diet culture or represents themselves somewhat with diet culture speak, you just wouldn't be able to go through your life. And one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is how to tune people out because other people might not be hip to the anti-diet revolution, but you and I are. So we don't have to take down and dismantle every singular business and write angry letters and go in with our little protesting signs and megaphone and say, this is wrong because There's very little we can actually do to change that, but what you can control is how you react to it. And I think it's totally fine for you to still go to that gym and for you to pay for a membership and support them, but that doesn't mean that you have to support every single thing they do and say. And that's what I think about that. Okay, on to the next one. We are really breezing through this today. So this is a follow-up email. Unfortunately, I cannot say when I address this, on the show, but I think it stands alone as an email. This is from a girl named Jamie, and she wrote to me a little while ago about 
having trouble monitoring her exercise and making sure that her exercise routine and habits were coming from a healthy place. She says, so grateful for your podcast and learning about intuitive eating from you. I'll forever be grateful. I've realized that I was and still am setting mental rules in regards to not fully eating intuitively. So I'm working on this, but I'm also taking a break from exercise or trying to. Exercise is something that I used to do obsessively. Back this year, around February, I started exercising again after being quite non-active for a while. I started out in a bigger body back in February, and since then, I had been exercising a lot. I tried to convince myself it was to help with my anxiety, but let's be honest, exercise is just one of the many things that help with anxiety. Anyway, I've definitely lost weight. I know because I was weighing myself at work and my grandma's house, but have not done so for a good maybe month or more now because I don't own a scale. Good. Do not buy a scale and do not step on a scale, not at your grandma's house, not at work. Just avoid them. Tape over the numbers. Do what you got to do. And I've even been to my grandma's house and saw the scale and chose not to weigh myself. Oh, well, there you go. Keep doing that. Such a big win for me. I've just given up my weekly ab workout that I've been doing as of last week. Was the first time I hadn't done it weekly since probably March. And I'm terrified of how my body is going to change. I've given up jogging, which in the past few weeks I had cut down to once or twice a week, but cut down from probably four to five times a week before that. So that's big progress. The last to give up is walking and hiking, which I genuinely do enjoy for reasons besides the physicality. But I think I need a break from it to show myself my body won't gain a huge amount of weight just because I'm not exercising or under eating or following crazy strict rules. But I am terrified, seriously terrified. I'm so worried of my body changing and gaining weight. And I know realistically, I probably will gain back some weight, but it scares the hell out of me. I guess I do sort of know my natural size, but it's the uncertainty. Help. Any tips for this? Have you had similar experiences? Anything to help ease this anxiety would be so greatly appreciated. Okay, so there's a few things here. First of all, I applaud you for taking a little break from exercise. I've had to take breaks from exercise. I actually took like a two-year break from pretty much all intentional exercise. Um, and it really did wonders for me. It, it was uncomfortable at first, but eventually I got to a place where I could work out and I really did not use it as a way to delve back into disordered eating. And it really has been a way to actually manage my anxiety because I do struggle with anxiety. And exercise can be a wonderful thing. It can be a great part of, of your routine. But taking a break, if you feel you need to take a break for your mental health, it's always a great idea. And as I have said on this show before, the gym will always be there. The track, whatever, <laughs> will always be there. Now, what I'm going to say about the uncertainty, that was the part that popped out at me. And I definitely relate to this. I think um, even if ideologically you are against diet culture and you are against intentional exercise or using exercise as a way to offset calories or any of that, the uncertainty of not knowing if your body's going to change, how it's going to change, how you're going to feel if and when it does change, 
that can be anxiety inducing in and of itself. And I completely understand that. I went through that as well. I will tell you, it gets easier. As long as you continue to nourish your body and to do your very best to follow the principles, I guarantee it will get easier. It's much more difficult to do it and you deal with a lot more anxiety, I will say, if you start intuitive eating and then maybe you get uncomfortable, you're, you feel like you've gained a little weight, so then you slip back into dieting and then you go back and forth and back and forth. That is actually way more anxiety inducing and prolongs the process. So I would just do your very best even if you do feel uncomfortable right now or if you feel uncomfortable in the future to just keep pushing through and really give it a real chance. And that applies to all of these questions, to be honest. Just give your body a chance to tell you what it needs and what it wants. I was the biggest disbeliever in any of this. Internal body wisdom to me was not something that I had ever heard of before going through my recovery. And... I, I would have never believed that my body would just find a place that it was comfortable being in terms of composition and weight and size. I never thought that it was possible for me to be able to just live my life and not be concerned about what I'm putting in my mouth, how much exercise I'm getting, how many calories I'm burning off. I never thought it was possible for me. I thought I was broken and I thought, you know, maybe it's possible for other people, but not for me. And now being on the other side, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, it's possible for everybody. It's possible for you. And you just need to keep pushing through and use positive reinforcement. Tell yourself that you're doing what is best for you and that you're taking care of your body and your mind. And in a way, you can kind of treat yourself like a child that you're taking care of because in a way, you're taking care of your inner child. You're addressing issues that you've suppressed for so long with exercise because these feelings were uncomfortable and they probably stem from feelings that you have had since you were a child. So take care of that inner child as woo-woo as that sounds. Yeah, take care of your inner child as if it was your own child. Okay, the final question. Emily, the episode with Jessie Jollis really resonated with me particularly when she was talking about reducing every breakup or ghosting to her not being attractive enough or having an undesirable body. I think you have mentioned struggling with this too on another episode. I struggle with my eating disorder so much in dating. Every time something doesn't work out, I feel terrible and I tell myself I need to lose weight or else no one will ever love me. Ugh. I know logically that this isn't true and that people with all different body types find love, but deep down, it is a huge insecurity of mine that I am unlovable as I am. Any advice for how to address this would be appreciated. I thank you for being vulnerable and telling me this. I know it's a hard thing to admit that you feel unlovable or unworthy. It's not an easy thing. I felt like that for years since I was a little girl. I felt like that and I wasn't able to admit it even to myself. And I kind of masked it with confidence and with bravado to make people think that I wasn't insecure when really I was so insecure and so anxious and just didn't recognize all the wonderful things about myself and didn't think that anybody else would see 
them in me either. Throughout my 20s, I dated a lot of people and absolutely this was something that I struggled with. I totally, every time someone broke up with me or if I saw they started seeing someone else, I would compare that person, like the new person they were dating to me. And if they were skinnier than me, I thought that was the reason. And I didn't think there could be another reason. And I have learned from dating a lot of people and now being in a relationship for a little bit, I've learned that those feelings are not rooted in reality. They are completely based on your own insecurities. And I guess really the only way to figure that out for yourself is to go through the process of intuitive eating, to really get in touch with your body, with your mind, with your inner child. I'm going back to that. And in the future, you know, you could take a little break from dating. I definitely think if your eating disorder flares up when you're in these uncomfortable dating situations, then dating might not be the best thing for you. And I actually took a break from dating as well at the, at the beginning of my recovery because it did confuse a lot of that shit for me. And as Jessie Jollis said in, in her episode, she took a long break from dating because she just couldn't handle it. She recognized that it was too much for her to worry about getting her mental health back on track and bringing in all these other people that made her feel insecure and potentially would make her feel bad about herself. She knew she couldn't deal with it and be successful at getting her life back on track. So I think you need to be honest with yourself. And if you need to take a break from dating take a break. And it's the same as the gym. It'll always be there. There will always be people to take you out on dates or for you to take out on dates. And it doesn't need to be right now. The most important thing is that you address your own needs first. And then that actually will be way more attractive once you are so secure in yourself and are not relying on anyone else to make you feel good about yourself. You need to make yourself feel good. You need to put on your mask first before assisting others, just like the airlines say. Um, so if you need to take a break, I would recommend it to take a break. And then after that, when you start dating again, you will quickly learn that all of the stock that you put into your body when you were in your eating disorder and trying to date was just your own insecurity because you will have enough experiences and meet enough people that are into you just the way you are. And you will actually think to yourself, why did I ever think that was an issue? Why did I ever think that I wasn't good enough to find somebody? Because you absolutely are. And that is just the fact of the matter. So if you needed a reminder today that you are 100% worthy of finding love and finding someone who appreciates you just the way you are, not only will you find someone, you could find 100 people in your lifetime if you wanted to. So just don't worry about it for another second. And if you need to take a little time and recover and then hit the apps again in the future, Go ahead and do that. And uh, best of luck. Those are all my questions for today. So this is a short episode. I will do my very best to get to all your questions and all your DMs. If you have DM me and I didn't respond yet, I'm so sorry. Um, it's been a crazy couple weeks. Very busy with my other podcast and my other projects. But 
I will absolutely get to them at some point, either on the show or personally, I will reply back. And yeah, if you want to reach out to me again, slide into my DMs, Lubination on Instagram or email me at ripdiets at gmail.com. And that's it, you guys. I hope you have a fabulous weekend and a fabulous upcoming week. And I will see you all next Friday. Peace.